0: People don't want me to say "smash the subscribe button" anymore. So, power bottom the subscribe button. Do that. Hit the likes. Leave some comments, and uh, we would appreciate you working the algorithm. That's all. I'm just coming up with new ways to say it. People don't like me saying "smash the subscribe button." Fine, I'll come up with other. I'll come up with other terms for booping the subscribe button. All right. We will. You uh, just click on it. Now, what? Ah, what? Boring. Come on. Chris and I say elbow drop. See, I like that. I like that. If we could like, video game it, right? You know, Mm -hmm. hit the start button on. No, that's a different thing. Uh, Hit the question block. Be like Mario. Power up with the subscribe button. I don't know. We'll come up with different things. I kind of like that. Frank Reich has been named the, uh, the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers. I feel like this is a perfect topic for Jeremy Markovich, NC Rabbit Hole Newsletter. Uh, he can go back and dig up some old 1995 footage of Frank Reich if he wants to. Uh, the first he, th- he threw the first touchdown in Panthers history. Now he's the coach. What up, Jeremy? Hey, how's it going? I don't want to talk about the depressing newsletter you had today.
1: Okay, like, that's fine. It's, it's
0: a guy who like saved the he saved North he saved the world with a nuclear thing, right? Isn't that what happened? Yeah,
1: he he defused two nuclear bombs that accidentally fell out of a plane that crashed over Goldsboro in 1961. That's all. That's all. he <laughs>
0: all right first off whoa whoa whoa! How, 1961. how okay how does how does a nuke accidentally fall out of a plane what the heck was a nuke doing in a plane in 1961 anyway
1: so so if you if you have folks that know stuff about goldsboro you know it's right next to seymour johnson air force base and uh at the time there's a bunch of b52s based there and they just were flying around with 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 nukes on there just in case and they were and just in case they had to turn around and go out and, you know, fly to some target and drop them. They, they were just kind of always up in the air. And um, the reason why they fell out of this plane is because the plane fell out of the sky because the wing fell off. Um, so two live nuclear weapons came tumbling out of a plane that was breaking apart in the sky. And one had a parachute that opened up, floated gently to the ground, came to rest under a tree... Uh, the second one uh, did not have a parachute that opened up, and it slammed into the ground at seven hundred miles per hour. Um, so one was easy to find; one was very hard to find.
0: So, hmm. how <laughs> wait? How was the one that was? <laughs> I'm curious, how was what? What made it difficult to find? Is it somebody like picked it up and brought it home? They wanted to keep it as a souvenir. Like how does that well, work? Seven hundred well, miles the, per hour means it was probably burrowed yeah, into the earth. It yeah, just there's that too. Into the ground. Yeah, uh, it's, it's like kinda... it's it's like what happens uh, post Christmas. Uh, the way I keep my plastic Santa and reindeer on the roof is I have a thirty-pound dumbbell mm. that uh, I, I kind of wedge in the back of the sleigh, and uh-huh. then when it's time to christmify I just drop that thing from the roof. 30 pound Mm -hmm. weight it just goes straight into the flower bed and i gotta dig that thing out so yeah i can imagine that's a little bit harder to find that way
1: yeah you know it's it's kind of like a golf ball plugging into the ground you know if you're playing in, in in january it's it's not it's not exactly easy to find
0: so and how close were we to nuclear annihilation in goldsboro uh
1: depends uh on one of them uh they, you know, the, well, the one that was easy to find that was leaning up against a tree, that one, they did, they, <laughs> a gentleman named Jack Ravel, he diffused that pretty quickly. Okay, that was good, his
0: job. good, good, good.
1: Um, the next one was very hard to find, and they were digging pieces out of the ground for like eight days before they actually found the, the, the blowy uppy part of the bomb. Mm. And, and when uh, one of uh, Jack Ravel's lieutenants came up to me, he says, like, sir, we found the arm safe switch, you know, the switch that says, is this thing armed or is it not? And, and Jack said, oh, oh good, good, good. He's like, not good. It's set to arm. So it was fairly close. I mean, the, the, it was not zero. Um, so depending on who you ask, it, it, it could have gone off. If it had gone off, uh, the theory was that one bomb would have set off both bombs. And these were astronomically larger than the bombs that were dropped during World War II. They would have caused much more in the way of destruction. I mean, you, you would have had giant swaths of eastern North Carolina that would have been uninhabitable. So uh, a very close call and a very... I mean, good job done by Jack Ravel, um, who did this and then flew back to Dayton, Ohio, and then literally could not talk about this with anybody except for folks in the military for 50 years.
0: I'm sorry. That's it, it impossible.
1: 50 years.
0: That's impossible. you telling me you're not at a cookout in Dayton in the summer and be like, hey, man, what have you been up to? Well, let me tell you about these two nukes I diffused and saved the eastern part of the country
1: he 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 did not like so i talked to his 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 widow his 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 wife and 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 she said i said like he he didn't tell you and she's like no and uh it literally was he got a phone call from an author one day that said like you know hey can you tell me what you did in goldsboro in 1961 he's like you're not supposed to talk about that (laughs) and the guy's like no 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 it's been 50 years this is all declassified and the guy goes oh okay he told him everything and then he and then after that he gets on the phone he turns to his wife he's like hey i got some stuff to tell you about what I used to do Mm-mm. back in the day. <laughs> Let me tell you about something that happened in North Carolina one time. Um, so yeah, it was. And she's easy.
0: probably thinking, "What? Do you have a secret family?" No, 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 wasn't that? I no. disarmed a nuke, or two. I just saved the world. No, no, no big no deal. No secret
1: family. I just saved the world. That's all. I did. No big deal. No big deal. Yeah.
0: Whew. Man, that's crazy. All right, that's well, a lot that that yeah, that's a lot to unpack, man. That is a lot that is a
1: lot to unpack and, there, and there's still a piece down there too. They haven't found all of it. There's still a piece of the of the bomb that's under the ground and the Air Force dug for like a few months. The problem is when you dig out there, you just hit the water table so you just yeah make a giant mess and then the hole has to get wider and it fills in with water and they okay. were just like, yeah, forget that. <laughs> so they just gave up. So somewhere under the ground, about ten miles outside of Goldsboro, in the field, there is a radioactive piece of bomb that they never found. But they said, "I don't think it's hurting anything, so we're just going to leave it there." But please, don't, don't dig in the in this area. Don't, the, the, don't do
0: and that. that was that. We we do we run PSAs for that. Call, um, was it? Yeah, uh, call 811? Yeah, yeah, eight one one. Right before you dig. Like, you for, dig. What's
1: the paint color they use for nuclear armament that's under your in your yard? <laughs>
0: at, at the risk
2: of accusing you of being a nuclear scientist here Jeremy or or maybe even being one myself I'm gonna go out (laughs) on a limb and say if the bomb fell and hit the earth at 700 miles per hour and it didn't go off potentially that wasn't a winner
1: yeah yeah I mean something went right even though something for sure it was lucky that it wasn't a winner
2: but I think that was the placebo I think that was the dud
1: that was the dud that was that was uh that was the practice bomb okay all all right. Right, and again, in
2: 61, while we're flying around willy-nilly, hey, man. while we're getting all fancy Dan to quote Jim Rutherford with, with nukes on a jet, I'm going to need to look into Cold it. War, man. What in the world? Yeah, Cold War. It's the 60s. Yeah. No, exactly. You don't
1: just randomly fly around with the damn things. I'm just saying. I don't know. I mean, I've seen Red Dawn. There's weird things that happen.
0: <laughs> no movie frightened me when I was a child quite like Red Dawn. That that absolutely all right, Jeremy, I got an assignment for you next time we talk. Oh, yeah. Uh Andrew uh Schnitker um had put us as this, you know, now that we're getting close to the stadium series between the Carolina Hurricanes and the Washington Capitals, mm-hmm. uh we're gonna have siren sounders, obviously, for the three periods. And, you know, he says given the stadium that it's being played in right now, his top pick would be Phillip Rivers. So our assignment for you for next week if you if you want to take up the challenge, who would be the most obscure person that could sound a siren at 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 carter finley stadium
2: whoever the carters and
0: finleys are left maybe maybe that's the case maybe that's the case some some folks have suggested ron cherry for some of his great moments there
1: Mm -hmm. i I feel like there probably is somebody in raleigh named carter finley oh yeah last name finley and the the parents were like you know you know what we ought to do
2: you know nc state football is so successful
1: let me name you after their crappy stadium (laughs) You know what we're gonna do to try to get free tickets to the stadium? We're gonna name our we're gonna name our son Carter. That'll That's do what it. We're gonna
0: do. That'll do it. All right, man. So we'll we'll talk to you next week. Uh, it could get it could get absurd. I I suggested Roy Williams, honestly.
1: I I have a suggestion. I do have a suggestion on that. All right, we'll uh, save it for
0: next week. Save it for next week. I will do week. that. going to Put that away. NC Rabbit Hole is the newsletter, highly entertaining. Even this crazy one about nukes in the eastern part of North Carolina. So all right, we'll talk to you later, man. All
1: right,
0: see y'all. Yeah, as uh, as, J- as Jameson pointed out, uh, Devin Hester has to, right? Sound the siren at Carter-Finley Stadium. He's definitely detonated a nuke in North Carolina before, that's and, for and, sure. And as Jameson pointed out, he's a hurricane. And he is a king. So he did provide one of the most iconic moments in that building. I mean, the not, most. <laughs> not, for, not for the Wolfpack. But, but for the Hurricanes. But for the Hurricanes in that building, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Gosh, could they get Russell Wilson? That'd be
3: hilarious. Gio Bernard.
2: Uh, wrong uh, stadium. Yeah, wrong stadium for that one. Gio never won over there. What's Chris Paul up to? He's healthy again, at least. Matt Fregi. Bring him through. Well, that would have been in Orlando. The one you want is... Chandler Parsons. Chandler Parsons. Yeah, I want Chandler Parsons.
0: That's who I want. Bring the Gotman back. Have a good old time, right?
2: <laughs> I feel like there's a Maryland player that you're missing out on here, because Maryland
0: just... <laughs> well, you know what? Let Debbie Yeo yeah, do it bring them together according to the Panthers it looks like the Frank Reich press conference won't happen until Tuesday of next week so we'll get a we'll get a chance to see what his plan is for the Carolina Panthers well I, what I'm most curious about because I don't Joe I don't dislike the hire that the hire makes sense because typically in the history of the NFL the next hire is in the opposite direction of the guy you just fired. So you just hired the hot shot college football coach that everybody wanted who had the seven-year plan for success that was not going in that direction. Okay, well, the next hire is going to be an established head coach, offensive-minded. But to me, you can feel how you want to feel about Frank Reich. You could be upset about Steve Wilkes. I totally understand. I'm not dismissing that 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 thought. But it didn't really matter who you're going to hire if you're not going to get the quarterback position right. Because as good as Frank Reich might be, you see what happens when you go from Andrew Luck retiring to the Carson Wentz roller coaster ending badly, and then kind of banking on the Last Vegas Philip Rivers and Matt Ryan. Okay, and, and you saw what that ended up getting him. Don't forget Jacoby Brissett. I forgot about Jacoby Brissett Pack Pro right. So if you get the quarterback position wrong, well, doesn't matter who you are. Okay, you, you're probably not going to last long in this league. So that that to me is the is the real question for the Carolina Panthers. I trust that Frank Wright can work with the QB, but you got to get the right one. We'll see if they can make that. And happen. it can't be Carson Wentz. It's not going to be
2: Carson Wentz. It can't be Carson Wentz. I don't want to see Anthony Richardson either. To be perfectly honest <laughs> with you. With that ninth pick, I'm okay with. If the Panthers do not use their first round pick this year on a, on a quarterback, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, there's
0: there's enough out there
2: because they're not hamstrung this year. I feel like I think by making this higher, you do give yourself a better chance of attracting a bigger name in free agency or as trade bait because they're now they know who they're working with. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, it's it's one of the
0: best. So here's um. Here's Tom Palacero, NFL Network, on how some of the stuff played out with the hiring process and how the Carolina Panthers ended up with Frank Reich.
4: In the Carolina Panthers interviewed a number of candidates here for their head coaching job. Really, in recent days, it came down to Frank Reich as well as Kellen Moore, who was the last coach that they interviewed, the Cowboys' offensive coordinator. They spent some time on him, ended up keeping him overnight to continue the conversation more fit in what the Panthers initially seemed to be set out to find, which was that young offensive coordinator, a really smart offensive mind that they could grow with. However, in Frank Reich, they have a known commodity here, a guy who went to the playoffs in two of his first three seasons in Indianapolis, a former uh, quarterback himself, obviously throwing the first touchdown pass in Panthers history back in 1995, and somebody who is universally respected within the NFL. We know that it did not end well for Frank Reich in Indianapolis obviously fired with a 3-3-1 record or 3-5-1 record midway through this past season replaced on interim basis by Jeff Saturday but when you talk to people about Frank Reich who have been around him you get one of the most solid individuals in the NFL. They now hope to pair him with the franchise quarterback that owner David Tepper really has been seeking since he got there. Now Frank Reich in to bold that offense and whoever that quarterback ends up being.
0: So that's Tom Pelicero on the NFL network and he closes it out with what we were referencing in that you gotta get the quarterback right and this is where David Tepper's lessons have to be applied as well. He was he was chasing that free agent that didn't want to come to Carolina. He got impatient with Teddy Bridgewater. They didn't draft the replacement uh, they made a mistake. I think they made a mistake in moving up to get Matt Corral. So have the lessons been learned? Can some football brains with Scott Federer and Frank Reich, who does know a QB or two, get this thing right this offseason? I think this is a good start. That's all you can ask for right now. Be curious to see what happens with Steve Wilkes. You know, go 6-6. Six and six. Perhaps there's another team out there that's going to bring him on to be a defensive coordinator. You know, if you look at some of the, I think Tom Pelissero had a follow up tweet on on the NFL Network uh, that said that you know Wilkes and the job that he did with the Panthers impressed a lot of folks around the league. And this is where I'll be cynical about these things. Cool that Steve Wilkes impressed you with his ability to go six and six on an interim basis. Why don't you give him a job, like a head coaching job? But that's just not how this plays out. And it's interesting. That the guys, the, the the law firm that is representing this lawsuit for Brian Flores about hiring practices in the NFL went right after it, saying, "Yeah, you know, you'll be hearing more for us from us about this." So that's something to keep an eye on regarding the Carolina Panthers and the NFL coaching hiring practices. There's four more jobs that are open. Maybe the dominoes will start to fall now that the Panthers are off the board. We'll talk to Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports. Pick 6 podcast about this and the actual conference championship games this weekend next. It's the OG, and joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline is Ryan Wilson, Pick 6 podcast. I believe we're actually taking you from the middle of an emergency podcast right now. We are not sorry, Will Brinson, for stealing <laughs> Ryan Wilson from you. And as I joke with you, he's probably on some some tangent about Frank Reich, Panther legend, 1995, first quarterback. By the time you get back to the podcast, you'll just finish his story. So let's actually start there, Ryan. Uh, the Panthers are the first franchise off the board filling a vacancy. Are you surprised that they're the first team nearly two weeks after these job openings all were open?
3: You know, that's a good question. I'm not sure if I'm surprised. Uh, I was texting with uh, producer Dennis earlier, and he floated the idea of Wilkes head coach, Mm -hmm. and perhaps Frank Reich OC, and I thought maybe that made some sense. So for it to go in the other direction isn't necessarily surprising maybe because I was uh, was a little prepared for it. Uh, I I think it's actually a good hire. I feel terrible for Steve Wilkes, but I felt from Jump Street that no amount of winning was going to get him that job, although I've come down on the side that I think sometimes when you have a head coach, it's important to be a, a disciplinarian, even if you're a defensive-minded coach, for example. Uh, I think primarily watching Nathaniel Hackett struggle and then watching Cliff Kingsbury sort of lose control with Kyler Murray, sometimes you need someone to be like, hey, young person, quit acting crazy and, and you know sort of fall in line. And I felt like Steve Wilkes helped get that Carolina Panthers over whatever funk they were in with Matt Rule, uh, but it just wasn't enough. That said, Frank Reich is a completely different coaching style. Uh, not – only in terms of the fact that he's offensive-minded, but he, he's a you know kinder, gentler um, kid-glove sort of treatment it feels like. But I, I think that like the players typically respond to him. He has experience working with owners who might be a little uh, hands-on, if you will, so that's good. And, and I think he's going to help whoever the quarterback ends up being mm. help this offense uh, progress beyond what they were uh, incapable
2: of doing uh, in recent years under Matt Rule. Ryan Wilson CBS joining us here on the OG all right is Frank Reich going to quit Carson Wentz is he going to break oh. his habit of coaching him at every stop Carson Wentz has ever had other than one is it possible that he has learned from his mistakes I'd rather see Sam Darnold or Matt Corral than than Carson Wentz next year you know what, pretty I much anybody
3: him? I was covering my mouth as you said that because that thought never crossed my mind. But that's a, an important point if you're a Panthers fan because, yeah. right, he's the high school girlfriend. He's your first love. Yeah. He he dumps you in a such a public and horrible way that you never got over it in terms of the way yeah. he played. And, and you're like, maybe we can go back to 10th grade. <laughs> uh, no, he, listen, the conversation has to be with uh, the GM and the owner. Look, Frank, I, I understand your relationship with Carson Wentz. It, it didn't work in Indianapolis. We have the ninth overall pick. We are going to get a quarterback. We're going to make this work. We'll trade up. We know that David Tepper is a, is a gambler, gunslinger, whatever you want to call him, in terms of if you, if you want someone, he'll try to go make it happen. And I, I don't think if you have to go the, the free agent route, maybe you start with Derek Carr. But is he going to be a, a huge upgrade over what Baker Mayfield was supposed to be or Sam Darnold? I don't know.
0: I think so. Yes, yeah, so, right. So.
3: so that's the conversation you have to have, and I, I will yeah. say, my my colleague Will Brinson brought up a good point, and you guys know Will well, and, and I was surprised as well that he came up with something that made sense. But Jacoby Brissett may not be the worst bridge quarterback oh, in the that's, world. That's the oh, That's look
0: the at, Wolf Pack coming. No, out of look. At, oh, I am <laughs> not. That's the Wolf Pack. I'll coming just out tell out
2: you, Brinson. Ryan, straight up, that was not Will Brinson's idea. you. Oh, I right. will tell you that straight oh. up. I cannot divulge where that came from. Well, I appreciate you not telling the truth. his idea.
0: Actually, I think I know where that came from. We'll, <laughs> mm-hmm. we'll tell you we'll tell you offline, Ryan. Ryan Wilson joining us CBS Sports Pick 6 podcast. Frank Reich has been named the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers uh, over Steve Wilkes. I'll be curious to see where Steve Wilkes lands. I know Sheena Quick uh, for the Fox affiliate out in Charlotte had pointed out that Atlanta had been keeping an eye on mm-hmm. what was happening with Steve Wilkes. Who knows? Maybe he lands a gig there. Um, before we get back to frank and put in context to what happened in indianapolis because i do think that's an important part of the story beyond carson wentz okay that's the easy thing to pick at but we can we can provide more context to his time in indianapolis i bring up steve wilkes and the lawsuit that he has joined he's a part of with brian flores against the nfl on their hiring practices i got to imagine man that here's a guy that went six and six as an interim head coach with a team that was clearly not interested in winning, having traded off their most important piece in Christian McCaffrey and dealing with the dregs of quarterback leftovers of Baker Mayfield, who they shipped off, and Sam Darnold, whatever you could make out of him and P.J. Walker. So the fact that he won more games in 12 attempts than Matt Rule was ever able to do in two full seasons and that he's got the locker room, the, the city of Charlotte, is behind Steve Wilkes and he doesn't get the job. I'm gonna be really curious to see how David Tepper, the owner explains why he didn't get the job over Frank Reich. And I got to imagine going back to Indianapolis, this insistence that Jim Ursay has of hiring Jeff Saturday, even though we saw how badly that interim role played out. I got to imagine that Brian Flores and Steve Wilkes are trading text messages going, can you believe these dudes? No,
3: I mean, that, that's right. And, uh, you know, for as, as crazy as Ursay comes off, he, he does have a history of, of hiring black coaches. So that's not going to be a, a talking point. But the Jeff Saturday mm-hmm. talking point is certainly one worth making because that is bonkers by any measure. No <laughs> doubt about it. In, in terms of if you're looking to make an argument, if you're David Tepper, you, you might say something along the lines of, look, we've never hired a, an offensive minded head coach and we mm-hmm. we need to figure that out. And maybe Frank Reich helps with that. Again, that doesn't fit my narrative of, of you need uh, someone in charge to keep everyone in line, especially if you have a lot of young players and there's no real sort of leadership. And I don't mean that in a bad way, just young people in, in general, you know, you're not having a Christian McCaffrey look up to or, or whoever the, the old timer on the roster might be that, that demands some, uh, commands some respect. Uh, so I, I get it. But also, you know, Mike Tomlin. Wait, wasted very little time in hiring Brian Flores this offseason. And he's mm-hmm. he's told the story before. He walked right into to Art Rooney's office, the chairman, and said, I'm thinking about hiring Brian Flores. And Art Rooney's response was, good. And that was it. And it was done. So uh, while there are these lawsuits going on, and there hasn't been much movement, if any, that I've seen in, in months now. I don't know how big a factor that is. Brian Flores has also got some head coaching interviews. So mm-hmm. uh, that, that gives you some indication that perhaps it's not on the, the front burner of, of owners' minds. And if, if I'm David Tepper, I'm sure he's uh, eternally grateful for what Steve Wilkes was able to accomplish, as you, as you pointed out, compared to the, the previous coach. But I, I do wonder if he was just tired of see that, seeing that offense sort of just sputter, and, and he wanted someone to come in and fix it. And I think Frank Reich is an absolute great choice. And by the way, I'll say this quickly, guys. You know, the conversation about Sean Payton, whether it's Carolina or Chargers or somewhere else, I'm taking Frank Reich every day of the week over. Sean Payton, first-round pick, and $25 million a year. Oh, yeah,
0: no, we're on board. We're on board with you. That that was always a silly thing to me. Why would you give a division rival those assets? Yeah, especially because right. it's a division opponent. Yeah. It's not yeah. you, know, you know, like you're shipping them off to
2: the AFC South or something like that. Right. Ryan Wilson joining us here on the OG on the Heister Automotive Root Hotline. That's show obvious. I'm Joe Julia. All right, let's get to the games we're gonna see this weekend, Ryan. Starting with the NFC. I I think we kind of forgot that the Eagles were good because they, you know, they bumbled a the game with Garden Minshew. Then they, they lost me a bet against the Saints, and I kind of wanted to bury them on that one. Then they played the Giants like eighth string and struggled with them. And then the money was on the table last week, and the Eagles were like, oh, you forgot about Dre. Like they were, they dropped the hammer. They made Daniel Jones, who, who looked like Michael Vick and Madden the previous week, <laughs> They make him look like he was he was like a drunk caricature from any given Sunday. Like I had I'd have no idea how Daniel Jones looks so bad in the span so good and so bad in the span of seven days. But did we forget about the Eagles and that they are they're number one seed for a reason? I was so hoping you were gonna say they made Daniel Jones look like Daniel Jones
3: prior, <laughs> prior to this year.
2: Hey, I'm trying to be nicer to Daniel Jones because he showed us what he could be yeah. in that one game. All right. He absolutely
3: did. He's had a great season, but he's certainly struggled, and I'm with you. I had the exact same reaction because I said, okay, I think the Eagles, they're going to be a little nervous. They might be a little rusty from the week off. Jalen Hurts isn't 100%. A lot of young players haven't played in these big moments, and they just came out and, and, and went crazy. And I think that's a great sign if you're Nick Seriani. By the way, Nick Seriani, I have no dog in the fight, so I think it's sort of funny. But if you're an NFC East fan or you're the 49ers getting ready to play, you must hate the fact that Nick Sirianni acts the way – he acts like a, like he's in the fans, in the stands, had eight beers and is cheering for his favorite team the way he is on the sidelines, which is hysterical on some level and, and incredibly annoying if you're a, a fan that has to face him. <laughs> perfectly but I, fitting I, for Phil, though.
0: It really <laughs> is.
3: Perfectly fitting. All he needs to do is throw snowballs at, at Kyle Shanahan and we'll have the, the, uh, the hat trick there. But – yeah, so I, I think the, the Eagles feel to me, and I think every team, when you look at the odds, are about 25% chance to make it to the Super Bowl, which is, is pretty incredible in terms of the, the, the evenness with, with which these teams are now at. But I, I think the Eagles, for me, feel like the favorite. And I don't want to say it's not even close, but I, I, I think that at some point, Brock Purdy has to come back to earth, right? I, I get you have all those weapons around you, and he's been incredibly poised. He, he hasn't been asked to do a lot but when he is asked to do something he's been able to do it and you know he outplayed Dak Prescott even though he didn't have he had probably had his worst game as a 49er last week but Jalen Hurts looks to be as close to 100% uh, throwing the w- ball as he has been he he didn't run quite as much but we know that's certainly a part of his game the running game can get going we know about the offensive playmakers and the defense will harass quarterbacks and I think that's going to be the interesting matchup the offensive line for San Fran versus the front 7 for Philly and what that does to Brock Purdy If they can't get the running game going, because the Eagles run D isn't great, but it's good
2: enough. Let's not forget, Ryan, the everything comes up Brady rule here, because if the Niners win and go to the Super Bowl, it's, well, we got to keep this Brock Purdy forever. But if they lose to the Eagles and don't get there, well, here comes Tommy B settling the old Giovanni Carmazzi debts (laughs) that he still has with his favorite team growing up. Riding off into the sunset so his family can watch him win that long,
0: desperate eighth I
2: Super know, right? Bowl. What a piece of trash. <laughs> so
0: but, handsome, but
2: don't bet against it.
0: Yeah, I don't <laughs> bet Yeah. Why would you bet against it at this point?
3: All right. Well look, let, let's go way down the rabbit hole. Let's say that happens. Um, are you David Tepper giving up a second round pick for Trey Lance?
2: No. No. I don't okay. think he could stay healthy. I just we haven't seen it and he hasn't. Joe has made this point before you got to go back to like what his sophomore year at North Dakota state 2019 Is this yep. the, last the last time he played, time right? he played a full season yep. like it's, right. it's nuts and I'm not even sure he played that much even that year because they, they
3: run the ball a ton in North Dakota
2: state yeah. as well so it wasn't not that, that he's up. not talented not that I don't think he's got potential but at some point you got to play
4: I'm right. also
2: tired if I'm Tepper I'm tired of trading my seconds and my <laughs> thirds yeah. and my fourths and it's like you know, to your point, they have that nine. I think that's an asset. But if they want to move up and try to get to the Bears one, so be it. Ryan Wilson,
0: CBS Sports, Pick Six Podcast, joining us here on the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. All right, over to the Bengals and the Chiefs. I feel like this is the worst case scenario for the Chiefs because they're taking on the team that does not fear them at all, and they believe the they least. can beat them for the fourth time in a row.
3: Every game has been has uh, come down to three points, but every game, as you note, know, the Bengals have won and. Look, I, I'm a Steelers fan, and I actually love Joe Burrow more than anything in Pittsburgh. Like it, oh. The way that young man plays and the, yeah. the the fear that he does not have, and it is clear to me that he does not care. And Patrick Mahomes has some of those same qualities. Josh Allen did before he hurt his elbow, and I think his elbow hurt him more than he led on towards the end of that season. But it, it's amazing that Joe Burrow does those same things, and he's not as physically talented as Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. Now clearly he's he's pretty talented, but uh, in terms of arm strength or, or run around ability, he he's not at the top of the list. But he makes play after play after play, and the fact that they were able to run the ball so well with three fifths of their offensive line not there Bombs. against the Bills. Now look, the Bills' run D isn't great, but that sends a message to their next opponent. And oh by the way, we have Jamar Chase, uh, Higgins, and Boyd, and uh, the tight end is stepping up as well. Um, the 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 guy I can't remember his name. not Hunter, Hunter Henry. Henry. Uh, no, it's the other one. It's the redheaded guy from the Ravens. I can't Not remember.
0: Triple H, it. Uh, but it,
3: yeah, he looks like Triple H. He's stepping up as well. Um, and by the way, to double up on the by the ways, the Bengals defense is playing out of its mind. Yeah, it is. Their front. Is yeah, really
0: yeah. Good. that's 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 the sneaky part about the Bengals. We're we're so caught up in Joe Burrow, and understandably. Uh, it's the defense that's been sneaky good down the way. All right, we'll close this uh, with Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports Pick Six Podcast. I'm guessing right about now, Will Brunson has finally noticed that you're not there. He's he's kind of losing some steam. He's going, wait a minute, I've been telling the story now for 15 minutes. Um, proper context of Frank Reich's time in Indiana in Indianapolis, right? You know, people are going to look. I mean, they went to the playoffs what four years? Um, and he did it with a variety of quarterbacks. Uh, there's context with Carson Wentz, obviously. I mean, not just COVID; the guy didn't get vaxxed either, so that kind of led to some issues as well. Um, and then he gets fired because you know Jim Irsay wants to bring in his guy. And he's got his thoughts on quarterback. So, I mean, how much do we really? How much do we really put on Frank Reich at his time in Indianapolis, and how much of that is also you know Jim Irsay doing some Jim Irsay things?
3: Um, I, yeah, I think the fact that Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck were a large part of uh, the last 20 years for the Colts hid some of Jim Irsay's, uh, you know leanings of doing things that don't seem necessarily mainstream, I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. I think Frank Reich did a great job with what he was given, and I think Chris Ballard had his he- hand t- hands tied for a lot of it as well, the general manager. Yeah. So if the situation is that Frank Reich's coming in and the understanding is that he will have a say in the quarterback that they're going to choose, presumably draft – Then we'll get a real idea of of how this works. Because it worked really well with Carson Wentz. He had a lot to do with Carson Wentz getting drafted. He's told the story about going out to North Dakota State, and they connected right away, and how things went well in the 2017 season, so on and so forth. And don't forget, when Frank Reich left to take that Colts job after Josh McDaniels sort of backed out of it, uh, the conversation in Philly was, oh, is Frank Reich the reason that Carson Wentz is struggling? Yep. Um. so uh, he has a, a track record of being extremely successful with these quarterbacks especially young quarterbacks and I think he, he's a great job as a play caller he's not as adventurous not as uh, much of a risk taker as Doug Peterson uh, when it comes to certain play calls in certain situations but I don't know what the plan is uh, from the top down in Carolina in terms of those marching orders so that could certainly change but I think in general he feels like the best hire if you're going on the office side of the ball with someone yeah. who's proven and, and and I think it's all said and done, uh, as we just agreed upon, a much better decision than, say, giving up the farm for
0: for Sean Payton. Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports, Pick 6 Podcast. Hey, man, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week.
3: Thank you, guys.